Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is Quarantine Edition. Once again, this is a podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. If you're watching at home, you'll notice the nice girly background that I have. Uh, upgrade to my wife's office, aka my studio. Hopefully changes come to that soon. But wanted to get right into this business this week. I'm going to be talking about why stocks rise on bad news. And this week, the cold beer is from Founders. It is Founders, which is out of uh, Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan, one of my favorite breweries. They do a lot of seasonal stuff. This is the beer. It is the Four Giants IPA. I think it's a limited release. Four Giants IPA, uh, 80 IBUs, 9.2% alcohol. Here we go. Cheers. That is delightful. They should uh, they should not make this a limited release. They should make this a go-to. That is amazing. So this week, I got a phone call. Well, I've gotten a lot of phone calls recently. Um, but recently, I got a phone call from a friend asking. It was, uh, I think, last Thursday. It might have been the Thursday before. Thursday Every Thursday morning the initial jobless claims report comes out uh, and, and basically how many people became unemployed from the previous week and, and that number is released. So the previous all-time high before coronavirus was something like 600,000 at one point in the 80s um, in a week. And gosh, that's a, that's a terrible number. On 3.26, March 26, 3.3 million initial jobless claims. So what is that, five times the previous high? On April 2nd, it was 6.87 million. And I'm reading these numbers, so forgive me. Normally, I don't do that. You guys know that. On April 9th, 6.615 million. On April 16th, 5.24 million initial jobless claims. And and so you're looking at, you know, over 20 million jobs in four weeks that were lost. That's basically all of the job growth from the previous decade. Now, we certainly anticipate and or hope at least that this is going to be short lived. But the thing is, the reason I got a phone call from a friend asking what is going on with the market is because one of the days in which several of the days, actually, to be precise, all four days that I laid out there when we had 3.3 million, 6.86, 6.6 and 5.24 million, the market was up. So. The market that that the, the it was clearly terrible news, just horrible news, and and my heart aches for everybody that lost their job, uh, but damn, why is the market up? That's the question, right? That's the question I got, um, and so I tried to explain, but I wanted to give some other examples. So, you guys remember me talking? If you if you've been a listener for a long time, I've talked about in the past how Apple would have been one of the best investments of all time, but they were losing money. Uh, when they when they initially uh, public debuted, same thing with Amazon, same thing with all of these uh, IPO. IPO stands for initial public offering. That's when a company goes from private to now being a publicly traded company where you can buy and sell it on on markets. So these IPOs last year, they were called white unicorns or unicorns or they were unicorns. Uh, and they were these tech companies that uh, were just kind of big companies that were going public. You're talking Lyft, you're talking Uber, you're talking Beyond Meat, you're talking Zoom. 
uh, they most most of them were losing money. In fact, Uber in their IPO documentation had no clear path to positive profitability to positive earnings for something like four years. They're like, we just don't know. We don't know how we're going to make money. We know we can generate revenue. And they, they did pretty darn good. I mean, uh, relative to the market, they lagged last year, but they're doing pretty darn good this year. So, you know, you've heard me talk about how you can have companies that are losing money, but still have an intrinsic value attached to them, or at least a market perceived value. So why doesn't it make sense that the market would rise on bad news? And I'll get to that specifically in a minute. Addition, you know, to, just today is the day I'm recording this, which is April 29th. Uh, Lyft announced layoffs. Lyft, the ride-sharing app, very similar to Uber. Now, the broader market was up today, but Lyft rose 4% on that news. They were going to cut 17% of their um, workforce. And we're not talking about these contract drivers that are not actually employees. We're talking about 17% of their corporate home office employees, the people that are, you know, likely have stock options and employee benefits and health insurance and all that stuff. They're cutting 17% of their workforce and their stock was up 4% today. Uber rumored to be cutting their workforce up for, uh, they were up, I think 5% today. Google announced earnings uh, last night and their earnings missed, obviously, right? First quarter is terrible for everybody this year. Their ad revenue was off. Stock was up 9% today. Um, you see this quite often, actually, where you'll see bad news, at least on the surface. If you dig deeper, we'll find out in a minute. But if you dig deeper, there might be some good news. But on the surface, you see just tragically terrible news about a company and their stock will go up. Why? So why does why do stocks rise on bad news? So let's let's look at this one piece at a time. So the first thing I want to address is the broader market and what was going on here with the unemployment numbers. Beer break because this is good. It's nice to be drinking some craft beer. Again, some of the stores are starting to uh, get easier to do some shopping at and stuff. So I was able to pick up the this this uh, Founders Four Giants at the local liquor store. Liquor stores are never closed in Michigan, but um, I, I could only make it out of the house so often with a with a, a toddler and a baby on the way and a wife that was getting short on patience for me doing a beer run. So I digress. <clears throat> Why was the market up with all these unemployment numbers? Well, there can the the best way that I can explain this is the market is extremely forward looking. So if we go back to April or February nineteenth, that's essentially when the market peaked before this this major crash is the coronavirus really was not a big deal yet in the U.S., right? We really hadn't had states starting to shut down uh, the, the economies. We hadn't had the federal government starting to you know mandate social distancing, really. Uh, the number of cases in the U.S. was very small. Granted, testing was very small. Uh, you, you had a laundry list of things there where if you were looking at it and you were an optimist, you'd say, why is the market starting to downdrift? In the first couple of weeks, that's what most market participants looking at. The market is overreacting. Um, the market is, is looking at this thing and planning in a worst case scenario, or the market was too high to begin with. It was up 30% last year. It's okay. It can lose some now. Um, that's what the market was looking at many market participants, but what the market was looking at was pricing in a worst case scenario and started to look at projections and say, what could come of this? What if the Spanish flu where you have a 4% mortality rate? 
what were to happen what if what if what if what if so the market always has this little ear this little little not ear it has this little uh, devil and angel on either side right it's whispering into the ears of the participants saying this is the best case scenario this is the worst case scenario this is the best case scenario this is the worst case scenario and because the market is essentially the collective wisdom of all investors some are going to be buyers some are going to be sellers at any given time right so when the sellers are winning the arguments, or at least in theory winning the argument, the market will go down. And so what you had happening and starting happening in February was the market was looking at the scenario and saying at least more people than less or enough big investors to say, and that's what I think. I think it was ultimately very large investors, not your everyday investor that was started to sell off in February and say, this could, this could turn bad. Right. And so you didn't really have bad news yet. You really had pretty decent news. I mean, limited case cases in the U S uh, um, you know, the, the, there's you know only 80,000 cases in China. If you believe that data, nobody does believe that data now. But if you believed it at the time, 80,000 cases in the city uh, or province of 12 million people, uh, you only had 3,400 deaths. I mean, you're looking at that data and say, this thing is overblown, uh, you know, right? Well, wrong to listen to China. So the market's looking forward and saying, this is what could happen. So the market was forward looking and bet in the bad case scenario. That's what happened. Now, March 23rd was lows. March 26th was this first unemployment report I, that, that where it really started to factor in all the economic shutdowns and everything. And it was 3.3 million. The only reason I can really say that I believe the market was up that day is, is that that shutdown or that number, although bad, was not as bad as what some had anticipated. So think about that for a second expectations matter. If the market believed that instead of 3.3 million, it was going to be 4.3 million. Hey, things aren't as bad as what we thought. And the market was up 6.25% that day, five times the previous high for unemployment claims. And market was up 6.25%. That's an amazing day, right? Like 6.25%. I've told people, you know, in a balanced portfolio, expect 6% a year, expect 6% a year, 6.25% one day. 3.3 million unemployment claims. That is unbelievable. But the market must have expected a higher number. The next week, 6.86 million. We more than doubled. More than doubled. More than doubled five times. Uh, uh, the number before was five times higher than the previous. Five times higher than the previous. And then we doubled it. So we're 10 times higher than the previous. The market was up 2.28%. That's a damn good week, month, quarter. Any way you look at it, that's that's that was a good day. Uh, 6.61 million the next following week. That was 4.9. Market was up 1.45%. Following week, 5.24 million. Market's up half percent. That's terrible news. Why was the market up on this terrible news? Market expected worse news. Improving news. N news that is bad, but not as bad as it could have been or was expected is good. Right. So it doesn't matter if a company loses money. It matters if they lost less than they were supposed to. It doesn't matter if the economy shrinks. It matters if it was it shrinks less than it was supposed to. And the market will rise on that news. Right. So right now we're essentially in, in you know, a week ago, two weeks ago. Most states were very limited economic activity. We were in kind of the worst place to be as far as 
you know, the coronavirus pandemic, we're probably going to look back and say that was a low of economic activity. Yet the market is up something like 19% since that three, that March 26th jobless report, right? Initial jobless claim. And so why is the market up 20% since then? Because the market is looking forward. It's looking towards what will happen, what will happen in the future. It is saying we got ahead of this. We went down before the economy was shut down. We're going to go up before the, before we see the economy reopen and activity start to pick up. So the market is a forward look. It's so two points on this one market is very forward looking. It does not look at what happened. Um, you know, what's happening today. It does to a certain degree, but it mostly looks forward to what's happening tomorrow or next month or next quarter. And the way, only way it really impacts the prices today when you get news today is if that news is then extrapolated to say this will have a negative impact X amount of weeks from now, right? So like us reopening the state today or the federal government or economic activity has a positive effect three, four weeks from now. So the market's pricing that in or next quarter or next year, right? So there's two things really is the market is very forward looking and expectations matter. It doesn't matter if it's bad news, as long as the bad news is not, is better than it was expected to be, right? So Amazon can lose money this quarter. They're probably not going to, but Amazon could lose money this quarter. But if they're expected to lose money and they lose not as much as they were expected, they'll go up. If Amazon is expected to make a boatload of money and they only make a half a boatload, their stock will go down. So it's profitable, right? But if it is not as profitable as it was supposed to be or expected to be, it will go down. So expectations are ultimately what matters. So if you have a situation in which right now that we're looking at and we have lost 20 million jobs in the last five, four or five weeks and the market is rising, I don't blame anybody for picking up the phone or wondering themselves what in the hell is going on. Unless you study the markets, you're not going to understand the simple concept. Well, hopefully you do now because if you listen to the podcast, it's simply this. It's that the market looks for better news than what was expected. Doesn't matter if the news is bad, just better. And it's also very forward looking. There's two things to take away. Market's forward looking. Market looks for news that's better than what was expected, even if that news is bad. It's what is unexpected that kills the market. That uh, not kills it, but hurts it, right? So quick review on this beer here. Uh, it is a, a bit of a piney uh, IPA. I find it absolutely delicious. I love it. Founders Four Giants IPA. If you find one, pick it up. This is, came in a four pack. And uh, oh gosh, I could go for all four. Quarantine edition podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Wherever you are, that's, that's where we are. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.